Listen up, high school and college sports fans. If you want to be in the know on all things high school and college sports, commentary, analysis, the latest news, and more, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Pine Belt Sports Podcast. And welcome to the Pine Belt Sports Podcast. I'm your host and editor of Pine Belt Sports, Andrew Abity. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've been able to post, really a week and a half. I, I wasn't able to post a a show a couple weeks ago because of the winter storms. Had no idea what the schedules were going to be, and it just didn't feel right because I genuinely had no idea when anything was going to be happening. Threw me off for a good week. Uh, and then last week, as you guys have heard me talk about, this is the busy time of year for me, and it was just kind of hard to get one to really finish to finish this week's show, or last week's show, however you want to call it. But this week's episode... Great interview with track and, with Southern Miss track and field coach John Stewart. Uh, the women, the Southern Miss women's track and field team won their first ever indoor track title in school history. So we sit. To, I, I sat down with him for an interview. It's really interesting. The, the, a lot of things happened. You know that they talk about. We talk about the uh, the COVID nineteen question that track and field faced, as well as the adversity that the team uh, had to face during the meet. In fact, they even had a COVID scare right before. Uh, they they went to the meet, so they had a big upset win over Charlotte, and uh, it's an interesting interview. Coach Stewart's a great guy. I've gotten to know him over the past uh, few years. Uh, you know, it's a very they have they run a very good program there, and I think you guys will find that interview interesting. But before I get to that, I want to talk about the high school action happening in the area. Uh, Hattiesburg, Oak Grove in the final four. Pedal High School has a new football coach as well as a new AD. And so I guess first off, uh, Alan Glenn from uh, from Amory High School is going to be the new head coach at Pedal. Uh, he there will be a press conference, so I'm recording this half of the show on Monday. I'll actually be there later today. Story will kind of just update with that. Um, Glenn, you know, he was a he was actually part of uh, Will Hall's uh, st- uh, state championship team at Amory, so I guess you can kind of see the connection there. Uh, and then, co- of course, Coach Boyles and Bobby Hall. Coach Boyles played for Bobby Hall, so it's one big Amory connection. It's pretty obvious if you know that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I think it's a solid hire. I think it's an interesting hire, but, you know, only time will tell. And then, of course, uh, the other side, the, fl- the flip side to that, former Southern Miss softball coach, former William Carey coach, back at Pedal, Wendy Hogue, now both the softball coach and athletic director at Pedal. So, you know, another interesting uh, tidbit about that change because Coach Boyles was both the AD and football coach. Uh, But getting to basketball now, uh, you know, you've got Hattiesburg who is making this crazy run right now, and I don't know what could happen on Tuesday night. And then Oak Grove in their first ever Final Four appearance in Jackson. And yes, it's their first ever. So I want to talk about Hattiesburg first because I wouldn't have pegged them to get this far. I, I would have seen them getting into the playoffs, maybe winning the district tournament as they probably should have and they would even admit. But Hattiesburg just lost so much from last year. He lost Cam Brown, uh, Nick Walker, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they lost three big, really key pieces. And I just didn't see them... You know, I figure they had the talent. They always do. But I just didn't see them being able to bounce back like the way they did. Now, last year, Hattiesburg was knocked out in the second round of the playoffs, but injuries 
really kept them from going even farther, possibly winning, a, or at least playing for a state championship. But now Hattiesburg's in the Final Four. And again, I didn't see that coming because uh, Picayune, who's in their district for now, um, they always seem to play Hattiesburg tough. And Hattiesburg was actually, I believe, bounced by Picayune in the first round of the district tournament. So Hattiesburg had to settle for for a third seed heading into the playoffs. And playing on the road like that is tough. It's tough to do. They've been, they've been the road warriors, and they've just upset teams time and time again. Upset West Jones, who had a Sports Center top ten highlight to win their district tournament, and then they beat a very, very good Pascagoula team. So it seems like Hattiesburg is clicking on all cylinders right now, and you got to credit uh, PRCC commit Alex Jordan, who was been a key part of this team for the past couple years. But you know, I think his name kind of took a back seat because of Cam Brown and all those guys who were considered dandy dozen, dandy dozeners. But Jordan is running this team, and he's very much the court general. Everybody looks to him. Great kid. He's averaging 15.4 a game, uh, two and a half rebounds a game as well, and almost a steal per game. And then, of course, you also have um, uh, Princeton Edwards, who's averaging 12.6 a game. They're really clicking on all cylinders, and they just have a lot of guys who can do different things. The thing with them, even though they have several weaknesses, the one of the I think one of the bigger ones being their their size. You know, they're not the biggest team, but Coach Watson, who has done a tremendous job in this playoff run, knows how to force teams to play to their to play to Hattiesburg's strength. And Hattiesburg's strength is the fast break. It's running the full court press, and it just seems like they have it figured out right now in terms of forcing teams to have to play like that. And, you know, it's been working great for Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg will be playing uh, Lake Cormorant, in a, who actually kind of uh, had an upset, even though they're 19-7 over at Callaway. You know, I was talking to Coach Jones on, uh, when they after the West Jones game, their West Jones win. You know, he said Callaway's so good, everybody's kind of playing for second place. But Callaway uh, gets upset by Lake Cormorant. Cormorant has two guys. Uh, averaging almost 17 points a game. They got two, it's 17.1, 16.9, let's just call it 17. Uh, Keith and Brooks, 17 a game, 8.3 rebounds, three assists, two steals a game. And then you have uh, Donovan Sanders, 16.9, uh, 3.9 rebounds a game, 3.4 assists, and then 2.3 steals a game. So, uh, yeah, it's an obvious one two punch with those two. But really, outside of their starting really would say they're starting four they have another guy who's averaging 9.8 a game uh almost so i'll give you his name his name is uh marshall odom 9.8 points a game 7.6 rebounds but after him it kind of drops off a little bit then it's just their fourth guy dj mcknight 7.7 points per game and then he's also averaging seven rebounds but after that nobody is averaging over four points or two rebounds a game so if you can beat that you know, of course, that's tough to do. If you can beat their big four, you have a chance. And I think, unlike past years, maybe, not to say that Hattiesburg hasn't had this, but I think Hattiesburg's a little bit deeper at the bench this season, uh, simply because they kind of have had to be. And you've got four or five different guys averaging five points a game, which means that they have several guys who just can come up and score when they need to. And you know it's part of them playing to their strength i'm curious to see how hattiesburg does maybe they pull up another upset uh, on paper you'd say cormorant is definitely the favorite but you know they haven't exactly been 
they've been the underdogs the whole way and, and talking to Jordan, Alex Jordan, as well as Coach Watson, they've kind of embraced that underdog role. So they play Tuesday night at 7, Lake Cormorant. They play the winners of the Holmes County, Holmes County Central and Forest Hill. Forest Hill, that'd be another tough one to beat. Forest Hill actually uh, handed Oak Grove their first loss of the season, so that's a tough one to beat. Uh, and then now I guess let's switch gears, segue to Oak Grove, Starkville. Don't have really much information on Starkville. They don't have their stats up. They're 18-2 and two on the year. Um, you know, they their last loss was against Clinton in the middle of January. You know, that doesn't really say much, but they've had some they, – they haven't been challenged. The, the last time that they had a real challenge was Clinton, which they lost that game by eight, but they've been winning games by 18-plus. Uh, for most of the season, honestly, uh, up until Clinton, their only other loss was to Pontotoc, who was by three, and then they lost, and that's it. That's their two losses of the year. Uh, so they haven't lost a game by more than double digits, uh, and honestly, they're beating teams by at least, at least, uh, I would say, an average of 20 points or more. So this Starkville team is good. They're good. They've actually beat Meridian. Uh, 77 to 40 to start the year that doesn't really say much but this is a good Starkville team and Oak Grove is going to have their hands full I definitely think Oak Grove can can uh, you know come away with this there's no reason they can't Uh, you know the thing with Oak Grove is it seems like every game and maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe coach Brumfield would say I'm wrong maybe he'll say I'm right but it seems like every game they just go through five minutes of just like for three and a half quarters they look like the Harlem Globetrotters. They can do whatever they want, hit whatever shot they want, pass it however they want. But for about five minutes, they just look awful. And they've ha- it happened against West Harrison. West Harrison uh, was down by 25, came back and made it a seven-point game. Very well could have took the lead by the end of the third quarter. And, uh, you know, that was because they just hit this awful drought. And now you're at the point where you can't do that against a good team. Because if you do that against a good team, you're not going to come back from it. And I think that's the biggest thing for Oak Grove. Jay Barnes, Dylan Brumfield playing absolutely lights out. Uh, Crump playing lights out. I mean, their starting five is playing magnificent right now. I haven't, I want to say I haven't seen that, but they did that against West Harris in the playoffs, like I just said. But they took they took Gulfport apart as like I think everybody kind of expected. They beat them earlier in the year by I think thirty. So you know this is a tough one for Oak Grove. This will be a true test for Oak Grove. I don't know. I, I think this game is a coin flip either way. I, I can't really say if Oak Grove's the favorite or not. I think this is a genuine, it, this could go to either team. I think for Oak Grove, it's just a matter of making sure you don't play that ugly minute. Now, the other problem is, I don't know. Again, I don't know what Starkville's roster looks like, but Oak Grove doesn't have size. They have to make those three-point shots every game. I mean, I, I, would, I would guess that Oak Grove's averaging about six to seven three-pointers a game, if not more. And, uh, you know, that's key. That's key for them. Uh, On the other side of the bracket, it's either Clinton, uh, who, like I said, beat Starkville earlier in the year, or Harrison Central, who also made the Final Four last year. So, you know, I I think there's no clear-cut favorite in 6A. I think Oak Grove has just as much of a chance as anybody else. I do think of the three teams left between Clinton, Harrison Central, and Starkville, Oak Grove may have has the toughest game of them all. But I do think if they win this game, uh, I think a state championship is theirs. I think this is a more tougher game. 
you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Hattiesburg beat Harrison Central earlier, early in the season. But again, that doesn't say much. Most people don't have their football teams in November. So lots to look forward to with the high school basketball action. I'll be there on Tuesday and Wednesday night and then Friday and Saturday. So the schedule is Hattiesburg plays at 7 on Tuesday. Oak Grove plays on Wednesday at 8.30. And then Hattiesburg would play the state championship game on Friday. Oak Grove would play their state championship game on Saturday, assuming both teams win. Also want to give a quick shout out to the Sacred Heart girls who were bounced from the quarterfinals to the number one seeded, num- considered the number one ranked West Lounds. Sacred Heart was number two. Uh, that game was a nail biter to the end. They lost by, I think, six. And, uh, you know, you got to tip your hat because, I mean, I feel like when you have, it's crazy to think that you could have the two teams considered the number one and number two teams in state playing in the quarterfinals. That should feel like a state championship. But, you know, it is what it is. Sacred Heart graduates just one senior, uh, Kate Gallardo, who has been a key part of this team the past couple of years. So, you know, uh, interesting to see what Sacred Heart girls bring back. But, yeah, that's that's about it for the high school action. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, yeah, so that's that's been everything in the high school world. So I think now let's I'm going to cut to... I'm going to cut to the interview with Coach Stewart. So just a reminder, they won the CUSA Indoor Track and Field Championships for the first time. So here is that interview. And now joining the show, Southern Miss Track and Field Coach John Stewart. Coach, like I just told you a couple seconds ago, it's been a hot minute since you and I have seen each other. Uh, Shoot, uh, it's been a a crazy track and field season like it has been for everybody else with COVID-19. But congratulations on on your ladies of making school history with their first ever CUSA indoor championship. I remember I, I saw the, uh, seeing that and I'm thinking, man, it, it seems like they would have won that before, but again, congrats to you and your athletes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, we got the first one, first conference USA, uh, championship in 2018. And then, uh, you know, since then we finally got to finally got to compete this year after about, mm-hmm. a, a almost uh like a 10 month layoff and uh and you know i think it you know the kids were just ready to compete so they got after it and uh did a great job um i mean was there any worry that and for those not familiar with indoor track as much as outdoor so uh indoor you run on a 200 meter track uh there's i think just shot put in uh in terms of field events as well as pole vault um but uh, you know, it looked really bleak at one point that they were talking about not even doing the indoor season in terms of the NC, you know, the NCAA doing it. Right. It, you know, there's been a big debate all through the cross country season in the fall. And, you know, should we run? Should we not run? Um, and, you know, we, we almost didn't have the cross country season, but I think we went to one meet and then we just realized, okay, it wasn't that bad. It, we, it, everything was, uh, you know, tightened down pretty good. So it was very safe and we never had any problems with it. Uh, going into the indoor season, everyone kind of thought there's no way, and, you know, I don't know how we're going to do this, but, you know, let, you know, I, I guess I consider myself lucky that we didn't have anybody, none of our kids opted out of the season. Um, testing went fine. We had maybe one kid who came back from the Christmas break who, who brought COVID back with them. But, uh, other than that, we didn't have anybody through the season that, that tested positive. So no one sat out. So that we were, we were very fortunate when it came to that. 
me being a, a former cross country track and field guy myself, I remember seeing the arguments about running cross country and be perfectly bland using seeing some of the arguments that they were making it just didn't make any sense because that's probably the easiest sport out of all of the college sports to just space people out i mean it's seven runners at the end of the day uh but you know that's just that's just me uh talking that but yeah i mean what was i mean what were some of the discussions conference usa was talking with indoor because that's a whole different ball game you can't spread out like you can in outdoor or cross country right well i think what happened was you know it was still COVID was still so new that we just didn't, you know, we kind of were a little bit worried about the spread and, and how easily it would spread. And, you know, were we putting our kids at risk? Were we putting coaches at risk? Um, it, you know, and I wasn't worried for myself, but I mean, there's some older coaches in the conference and, and I was thinking, man, if this guy gets it, he's, he's a goner, but uh, you, you know, those are some of the worries. Um, but then, you know, once we got started through cross country, we just kind of realized once you get going, it, you know, it's not as bad as we, as you know, as we feared. I mean, there, you know, there definitely is some some danger to it, and there's some hiccups. But uh, but we really we really felt like we could do things safely. And Conference USA had some good rules in place, and you know, with this the social distancing and the, and the mask wearing, and, and I think it worked out pretty well. Um, going into indoors we just thought there's no way and over the christmas break i was just thinking i just can't see it happening but once we started i mean there was a you know i think the conference usa uh you know coaches were just kind of like yeah well yeah let's try it it just kind of we kind of tippy tippy toed into the season and it, we just realized you know i don't think we had too many problems maybe some teams had a little bit worse than us but but you know, we just harped on our kids all the time about social distancing and, uh, you know, wearing your mask and washing your hands and doing, you know, taking care of all the protocols that you have to take care of to stay safe. And, and you know, and it worked out really well for us. I mean, I, I would like to think that, you know, with football somehow pulling it out of the way, it kind of sets open, you know, show that it can be done if, if that, you know, given all the the bells and whistles that they have to deal with. But I, I wanted to ask, you know, people kind of forget that outdoor track was one of the many victims of, of the, you know, the cancellations last season. You guys, I think it was the year before were runner up in, in the men. Am I right? With McKinley West, he had that incredible season and, you know, it was kind of a, I would say you guys lost a good bit from that group, but you had such a great year the year before that you guys definitely had, uh, contenders to say the least with that outdoor season. So did you kind of expect this indoor season uh, to go the way it did? Well, I mean, it was hard to predict it. I thought we had good athletes. Um, I thought we had talented kids on the team. I just, it's just hard to say, uh, you know, you don't want to get your hopes up because the, 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 the one fear you have as a coach is like you get all fired up about your season. Like, man, we got a great team. And then it all goes away. Uh, right at the uh, right at the beginning of the of the week before the conference meet, someone tests positive, and then all of a sudden it just ruins your team. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the, that's the fear. So you just kind of hold your breath the whole time and just hope that nothing happens. And and then once we got there, I think once we got everybody on the bus, that was when I finally you can you can breathe a sigh of relief that okay we got everybody here and and nobody's sick, nobody's positive. 
But I got to tell you a story, though. We had a girl. Uh, we've been, you know, we've only been putting 30 kids on a bus, and then we take two vans just to carry the rest of the team just so we could spread out a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we get halfway up the trip, we get to Meridian, and one of the girls says, man, I just feel terrible. And we're just going, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. So, so we, we, we know we had tested on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And this was Friday morning. We're traveling. So we go and we, we rush her over to a clinic and, and get her tested. And they tested for everything, strep and mono and, and yes. COVID. And, and, uh, and it all came back negative. And they said, oh, I think she just got some, you know, just some drainage for some allergies. It's, it's giving her a sore throat. And so we just, you know, we, we, we breathed a, a, a sigh of relief there and just said, oh, thank goodness. Because if, if she was positive, the entire women's distance crew was going to be out for the meet and and that it would have been over with so thank goodness yeah well that's perfect segue i mean uh obviously coach kent uh does a tremendous job with you know the distance program especially with the women and, and they had some big moments for you guys uh i guess let's start with kate maddox i mean she's been kind of a really consistent uh you know girl for the past what four years it seems like she's always in the top three of something and I mean, uh, of course, she does have another year of eligibility. Don't know if she's coming back yet or anything. But uh, to see her do what she did her senior year for that, I mean, how great was that for you know Maddox, who's out of Starkville, for those who who don't know? Yeah, Kate is. She's probably the most decorated high school athlete in the state of Mississippi. I don't think she ever lost a state championship since eighth grade. Yep. Um, but Kate has just been phenomenal for us, and you know, I, I just describe her as an old warhorse. Uh, you know, she, she just, she's just tough and, and, and just has been nothing but successful since she's been here. But, you know, her shoe came off in a race right at the start. Her shoe felt came off. I think somebody stepped on her. And normally if your shoe comes off in a race, you keep running, you're just, your foot just turns red and bloody and it's just not good. And, yeah. uh, she just kept running. I kept thinking, man, are we, we're going to have to pull her off the track, but I just kept watching her and she's still leading the race. And so, you know, we get to like uh, lap number five and she's still in it. And I said, I guess she's going to finish this thing. So we grabbed the trainers, made them uh, uh, hustle over to the finish line and they just grabbed Kate as soon as she finished. And she just walked off and like, yeah, my foot's red. It hurts a little bit. It's okay. And she, she came back to run the mile leg on the DMR later that day. And she, she just, she, she said, I'm fine. Let's do it. So uh, just a tough girl. That's insane. Uh, you know, you, you see the stories that of, you know, people falling in races, some of the craziest things happening to them. And you have to figure if it was outdoor track, she probably would have been in a lot more pain. Uh, right. I don't know. You know, it's probably the type of track that we ran on. You know, Mondo surface was it's a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, slicker, mm -hmm. and you know, it's not as grainy, and it probably didn't have as much uh, abrasiveness to her foot. So, um, you know, but she she survived it just fine. It was red. We put some ice on her and, and taped her foot up a little bit, and she just said it was no problem. So she came back the next day and did a great job in the mile. So, uh, you know, I can't. Man, I just can't emphasize how tough this girl is. That's just something that I've had guys that would just, you know, start crying and fall off into the middle of the track. So honestly, you know, I would have just taken the other shoe off. I mean, I feel like it would have thrown me off. 
Well, you know, the, the joke was all the coaches, well, you just got those tough Mississippi girls who used to wear, <laughs> running around with no shoes on anyway. So that was that was what a lot of coaches joked to me. And I was, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, it, there might be a little bit of truth to that. But, um, but yeah, Kate was great. She was great all weekend. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, not only did her shoe come off, but later in the race, her sock came off. And I, she, she didn't really know when her sock came off. She thought somebody stepped on her stepped on her foot and, and took her sock off so that was uh she really wasn't sure but but uh you know I could, i'd hate for someone to step on me with some spikes and a barefoot that wouldn't be good gosh there's so many things i could have gone wrong people don't realize that with track and field that those especially those miles and those 800 races they're a lot more physical than people might realize especially people trying to get position but at the same time at least it's not like you know, the 5,000 or something like that. She has to do that whole race with one shoe or a, right. no sock. I oh my gosh. The scenarios yeah. are endless, but, uh, you also had another, uh, young lady on the, uh, distance team, Cassidy, uh, Tusher. Is my, am I saying it right? That's right. Yeah. Cassidy was phenomenal. And, you know, she, she had only raced one of the race previous, uh, to the conference meet and, and she ran pretty well, and uh, she had she had been sitting out. She had had some some minor injuries, and and uh, we took her to her first race of the season, and she ran well. And then uh, just you know, I think that gave her a little bit of confidence. But just going into the meet, I mean, Cassie just you know, got in the uh, the five k and just goes and sets a school record and, and gets second place, um, and, and she was just phenomenal. And it, it's just you know, performances like that, that just inspired the rest of the group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you see that, uh, you know, just the rest of the group, just really, they just started to get fired up. And, you know, of course, Kate started it off. She started the whole day off when we had the prelims of the mile first rate and, and watching Kate run with no shoe, the rest of the group just, I mean, they just started hollering and, and getting ready to run. And, and then everyone was just, just jumped on board and everybody started making the finals. So, but Cassidy, yeah, she was she was you know phenomenal for us. Is it a combination? Do you think it was a combination of her just kind of having that freshman talent, or you had said she sat out, maybe getting more rest that you know she normally might not get? No, I I think it's I think it's just talent. I think it's you know I think it's uh, one is just she's extremely talented. Uh, number two, I think Coach Kent just does the right thing. To with the kids he's patient with them and, he, and he's not you know not over training them over racing them he's just he's, he's kind of erring on the side of caution and i think i think that's a big part of it uh just the way he schedules for the girls i think that that uh you know and the way he communicates with them i think i just think that that is uh part of the reason why the success is there coach you know, give me some coach, old school coaches just say now nah, you can get in there and race and just just race and beat her up uh, before the conference meet. But mm -hmm. Coach Kent was just patient and confident. So he knew he knew that she was going to get in there and mix it up, and she mm -hmm. did. Uh, I mean, can you just kind of talk about what Coach Kent has really done with this this distance program and his tenure at Southern Miss? You know, I, I um, you know, as long as he doesn't see this and see me bragging on him, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, me and Coach Kent, we, we fight all the time because I went to Georgia and he went to Florida, so we're, we're big rivals. Mm -hmm. um, and, but everybody knows Georgia beats Florida all the time. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we really, we really kind of uh, work together really well. And 
Um, Coach Kent was the first first hire I had here, and uh, uh, you know, but he 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 kind of comes from uh, uh, you know a distance background that I know very well. I mean, a coach that he worked under at the University of Florida. Uh, Jeff Pig, I worked with him at University of Georgia, and, and Jeff did a great job with all the distance runners, and 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 uh, and Coach Kent kind of coaches the same way, except he's just he's taking it up another level. But he he just has a great eye for talent. He he has a, a great feel for training and what kids can handle, what they can't handle, and yeah, he's he's underrated. Uh, in, you know, throughout the NCAA, I think yeah. he's not underrated in the uh, in the Conference USA because, you know, half the coaches, you know, have to go up and talk to him about what are you doing and who do you have? And they're, they're picking his brain for information. So um, he's definitely uh, he's, he's definitely become a force here for us. And, and you know, just really, really uh, does has done tremendous things for our program. I think what makes you know his success a little bit more remarkable is, you know, uh, considering that you know a lot of these SEC schools tend to have very talented uh, distance female distance running programs, uh, you know, considering the the recruiting uh, problems he might run into, the fact that he still pulls together these really successful teams uh, just makes it a little bit you know you have to raise your eyebrows and you know kind of just give him credit where it's due. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, uh, everything he touches just turns to gold and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to recruit kids to a hot, humid climate, uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily conducive to, to great distance running. You know, most of the, the powerhouse distance programs are all up north and they have, you know, a little cooler weather. And it's but, uh, you know, he, we're just not going to let that stop us. And and, you know, we, we recruit like crazy and we have to you know, he might have to go through 100 girls before he signs one. But but. <laughs> You know, and a lot of times he'll bring somebody to me and say, hey, I think we need to get this girl. And if I say no, I don't like her. And then he'll he'll just get mad and bring 10 more to the table. So <laughs> he, you know, he, he really hustles. But yeah, yeah, Coach Kent has done a tremendous job. He has really done a tremendous job for us. Um, switching gears, I think, uh, you know, the girl who really sealed the deal for you guys for this championship win was uh, uh, Vivette Green, uh, you know. Yeah taking gold in the 200 meter dash, which, uh, I pretty sure I, I would say was not quite expected, but not crazy either. Yeah. The vet has, you know, she's had some little injuries and, and, uh, some, some things that have kept her out of practice for, you know, for a good portion of the fall. But, you know, she was also one of the most talented high school sprinters coming out of the state of Georgia. She was state champion and, uh, you know, she had come and visited our campus, but we didn't get, we didn't sign her, and she ended up going to Purdue, and then she later she transferred back down to us. But uh, you know, I, I just think that we had a few kids that we knew the talent was there. Like that, we knew that she was had superstar talent. Uh, she just had not had enough training and had not had enough, had a chance to really put that on display. So going into the to the conference championship. We knew we had talent there. We, and, you know, I'm, I've kind of got my fingers crossed that we were, we were healthy and, and uh, we were ready to compete. Uh, and, you know, the kids with, that were talented just, just came through and the vet was just money. <laughs> you know, uh, during the finals, you know, she goes and wins the 200. She actually went in ranked fifth. 
Mm-hmm. But then after the prelim, she was she was number one going into the finals, and then she just handled business and took and won, you know. But you know, the vet was uh, uh, she was she was great. She ran a great leg on the four by four, and, and I think once uh, the team saw that too, I mean, we had uh, Trinity Benson, new freshman. She was she was incredible and uh, just you know setting a, a big uh, PR and getting third. So all the events, no matter where we were ranked, we all just kind of moved up a little bit. And, and then you throw in uh, a Lena May and a Cassidy Tusher that had not raced much. And I think the rest of the conference was not expecting them. And, you know, on paper, it looks like, you know, no one could catch Charlotte and we were going to get second or at least battle for second. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of brought the storm on the final day. And, and uh, you know, once Kate, and Sarah Parnell finished so well in the mile, it, it just snowballed. And once you get the momentum going, everybody else just kind of jumped on board and people just started making finals and scoring points. And and next thing you know, we're in the lead. And, uh, I would say probably around, I kept, me and Coach Kent keep talking about it, but like around the 800 meters, you know, uh, Savannah McMillan was getting ready to run the final. And she just kind of gave me this smile like, hey, I'm a, hey, uh, I feel great. And, uh, and she ran well. And then I just started tallying up the points. And next thing you know, I said, man, we're going to win this thing. We have a good chance. So I start texting everyone telling the coaches and uh, we're running around saying, we have a chance, you know, we're like grabbing kids on the shoulders and going, we have a chance, <laughs> you know? And so, so they all start just running, uh, just running like wildfire. And, and, uh, and once Cassidy and Lena just, uh, really uh were incredible in, in the 3000 that that just kind of sealed the deal for us then we just started giving out hugs because we knew we couldn't we couldn't be caught with the four by four so that <laughs> was kind of how it went and you know we i think we spent uh, the last 15 minutes of the meet just you know giving out hugs right before the four by four that was just such a great such a great feeling uh you know you always think that you can win it at the beginning of the season and it just for have it, have it all come to fruition during the meet was, uh, uh, it's really special. Just such a great feeling. Yeah. And for somebody who's been a part of those, you know, we might win track meets. Um, it, let me tell you, it's what, you know, track is such an individual sport, but in those moments it really, uh, that's when it becomes big for you even more. Uh, it seems like it, like you said, it really lights that fire, but, uh, to give the listeners a, a context of how big uh, uh, Miss Green was, she made eight trips to the podium, four second place finishes, three bronze medals, and of course her gold in the 200 meter dash. Now, of course, you guys make school history, but I mean, looking ahead, uh, safe to say, does this put a, a a target on you guys for the outdoor season? Well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that we can't sneak up on anybody now. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're all going to be looking out for us. And, and, um, I, th- I think we're going to have teams that'll be at full strength going into the spring. You know, we'll be at full strength. And I think we're a little bit better outdoor team because we, we pick up events that we're pretty good in, like 400 hurdles and steeplechase, javelin, things like that. Uh, we'll have a great four by one relay. Um, so, but yeah, the target's there. Once you win it, I mean, the target's going to be on your back. And, and uh, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> we, we're, just, we're, hey, we're, we're ready for it. We just got to keep training and we stay focused. Um, 
you know, I just had to plead with everybody right before the meet. Hey, you just got to stay focused for 48 hours during this weekend. Just stay focused. You got to hydrate. You got to eat. You got to sleep. You just make sure you stay focused for through this 48 hours and be intense. And and they did it. I mean, uh, Ashley Osaji, you know, was third in the in the long jump. And, and jumped really well. And then, and she had not triple jumped all season, but I knew that she was very talented. She was a great high school triple jumper. So I just asked her, Hey, can you triple jump this weekend? She goes, yeah, I'll do it. No problem coach. <laughs> so once, once she got there and she kind of knew that we were getting close to a, a victory man, she was all about it. And she just, she knocked a few people down that weren't expecting her to jump well. And she got sixth place, but that's points that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many event areas you can look at saying this kid really came through for us and, and won the meet for us. There's just so many event areas like that. But, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you just get these meets and everything kind of goes right for you. And this was one of them. So I'm, I'm lucky. I've had two, I know I've had two of them in my career here, but everything <laughs> went right in, in 2018 and 20, 2021. So let's, uh, hopefully I get more of those. Yeah, knock on wood. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't say it any better than that. Everything just kind of went right for you guys in, in a year where everything seems like it was going wrong for everybody else. But, Coach, a big congratulations again. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and giving me your time. Oh, thank you very much. Just anytime you need me. Uh, I, I really appreciate being on. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. And a thank you again to Coach Stewart. I appreciate his time. I appreciate – uh, him just you know coming on to this show i know he's a busy guy he's preparing for outdoor track right now should be interesting to see what the golden eagles do in the outdoor season uh, a couple quick notes in case you missed it the the pine belt sports baseball magazine is out you can go get your copy 399 you can follow pine belt sports on all platforms facebook instagram twitter uh twitter is where you'll get all the updates on the on the uh, high school basketball playoff games uh, hopefully we'll have some some baseball stuff. You can go follow my Twitter at AndrewAbdi, A-B-A-D-I-E. That's where you can find all your Southern Miss information. And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Look, let's, let's for all, everybody traveling to Jackson, please be safe. Wish me luck as well. Uh, as always, I will see you guys out there, and keep it real, Hattiesburg. <laughs>